Behold, the entrance to the dungeon is uncovered. Your half-ogre eyes fail you not, Kaldor. I can see by the elvish runes adorning the door that what you speak is true. Aye, and beyond, the legendary underground lair of the Demi-Lich, Asarera. Looks like our gathering of rumors and local legends at the Prancing Pony was time well spent. Kaldor, are there any creatures lingering nearby? None detected, Talia. Are you able to open the door, Greywood? I know not, mighty Kaldor. Not since the Shrine of the Koatoa have I seen such an arcane lock. Nevertheless, we have not ventured this far to be thwarted by a door. I will try. Greywen, you did it! Indeed, though no doubt the first of many battles that lay before us. Use your infravision to look past the darkened threshold, Talia. What do you see? Looking. Michael! Michael, wake <laughs> up! What? What? When? All of the above, Michael. Quickly! You've got to see what's happening in the next room. An anomaly of the most spectacular sorts. Quickly, Michael! Oppenheimer! Shh! Keep it down. You run the risk of negatively affecting the anomaly. To be perfectly honest, I was going to let you continue in your slumber had it not been for the sonorous onslaught of your snoring. I don't snore. What kind of anomaly? Ashley, could you play the recording back, please? Okay, fine. I'll invest in nasal strips or become a side sleeper or something. Now, what anomaly? Follow me! Whoa! Who the hell are they? They are the anomaly I spoke of. Isn't it marvelous? Apparently, these are three adventure characters made up of an amalgam of various fantasy-based pseudo-medieval backgrounds. It looks like three volunteer performers from a renaissance fair. Are those holograms? Unknown. Ashley ran a detailed scan on their non-corporeal forms and came up with precious little, save the odd refracted light wave and occasional pulse of electromagnetic energy, barely a blip on the EMF. Ever since our encounter with Thor, the amount of potential paranormal activity around the bunker has increased tenfold. Doc, what are you talking about? The multiple dimensions, the rift, Hadron Cannon, this place is like a Walmart for paranormal activity. These things you speak of, Michael, aren't paranormal at all. Although potentially unfathomable to the pedestrian mind, they still fall squarely and comfortably under the jurisdiction of pure science. That's me you're talking about, right? Pedestrian mind? You see, Michael, prior to the fracturing of the known universe, I would never have even considered embracing any of the pseudosciences, but here before us are three barely scannable, dare I say, ghost-like entities. Quickly, Kaldor! You attack the Beholder, and Tali and I will deal with the Displacer Beast. Aye, attacking! Holy cow, are they... are they attacking? Should we run or something? Negative, Mike. Zero threat detected. Yes, no need for the protective solace of the Dord storage alcove, Michael. They've been doing this for hours. Stating an action, freezing in place for minutes at a time, and then... This sound. Listen. What the... Ghosts on pause. And why does that sound seem familiar to me? Ashley and I have been throwing around some theories from the now in-vogue realm of parapsychology, including astral projection, residual spirit recordings... Past traumatic psychic expression imprinting on present time... Displaced haunting? I could check the archive literature. Spates catalog. Tobin spirit guide. Wait, hold on. I think I... Ashley, can you play back that sound, but speed it up a little bit? Okay. I told you. No, no, the other sound. The one after the entities kind of stop. Ah, sure thing. Sorry, Mike. Michael, is that what I think it is? There's no doubt in my mind. Polyhedron, Polyhedron dice. dice. In the year 2008, 
In a secret underground lab beneath the Large Hadron Collider, Dr. Oppenheimer Valdini was experimenting with a way to weaponize the so-called Hadron Effect and create the most destructive force ever known to mankind. A freak accident caused the Hadron weapon to misfire, tearing a rift in the fabric of space-time, remaking our world and the parallel timelines of the multiverse into an infinite succession of horrors. Mike Wilkinson, IT guy by day and indie filmmaker by night, was snatched from his world and thrust into a terrifying dimension of madness and pseudoscience. Now, Oppenheimer and Mike roam the multiverse, chronicling the end of all that is, desperately trying to find a way to heal the rift and restore order to the timelines, the only way they know how, by hosting a podcast. Hadron Gospel Hour, written by Michael McQuilkin and Richard Wentworth. Starring Richard Wentworth, Michael McQuilkin, Lisa McQuilkin, Michael Atkinson, Wendy McClain, and Rebecca Courtney. With special guest star, Kevin Harrington. And now, the hour is here. Hadron Gospel Hour. So it would appear that these entities are psychic manifestations of a group of role-playing game enthusiasts. Avatars, if you will. And they're playing out the game in real time, hence the pausing in between announcements. Mm, Precisely. Well, that's all fine and good, but I think the conversation you and I need to have is about our completely unexpected common interest. You played tabletop role-playing games? Of course. Didn't everyone? No. No. No, but I did. I was a shy mess until I started playing D&D. None of that... A stuff, just plain old D&D. Great times. Well, my history with the game is more of a... Well, I never actually played the game, per se. No? Then how are you familiar with... I was drawn to the notion of collective world-building. A way for me to steal away from the persistence and the inexorable rigidity of my day-to-day exposure to the scientific method, if only for a while. Agreed. Here was the chance to explore countless other worlds... Utilizing an immutable set of arbitrary rules that covered everything from uh, combat, personal attributes, random encounters, and how far I could walk whilst encumbered with a plethora of gems, wineskins, and ten-foot poles. Well, you lost me a little just then. Um... You both lost me at the letters D and D. What do you mean, Michael? Well... Beware the green slime, Greywin. Our blades will have no effect on such a monster. Even my vorpal weapon is enchanted with a plus four to undead. Useless here, Talia. Perhaps my fireball will serve us better. Uh, in such close quarters, Greywen, the blast radius would cause damage to everything with a 60-foot radius. Curses! You're right. I could always use chain lightning. Uh, has it been 12 turns since you used it last? No, but I am wearing a ring of spell refresh. See what I mean? The whole process is mired in rules and regulations. Where's the adventure? Where's the shared experience? Where are their parents? Michael, just because some individuals relish the aspect of problem-solving in a controlled environment doesn't take away from the, um, the, uh, damn, what was that word? Uh, fun? Yes, that will suffice. The fun, Michael. Clearly, they are engaged. So go play Settlers of Catan or Risk. This should be about discovery and team building. Speaking of discovery, I have successfully pinpointed the projection's origin. Excellent, Ashley. Wait a minute. You want to talk to these guys? Of course, Michael. We can make these interlopers aware of their residual avatar's presence here in the bunker. Uh, Perhaps find more like-minded minds to assist with the healing of the rift. Or at the very least, shut them up. 
My recording buffer is well stocked with the never-to-be-used sounds of four, six, and eight-sided annoyances. I guess. The irksome level around here seems to have dipped to a comfortable low lately. See? Our quest is at hand, Michael. To the rift! Okay, what's the plan? Plan? I figured we would just walk in and tell them the truth. The wonders of the rift. Shared adolescent tabletop gaming pastimes. The inevitable and very near destruction of their world. Okay, clearly you haven't been around a lot of gamers lately. This is like a clandestine cult. They're probably in there squirreled away in plastic egos, boasting of their latest supplemental material and gear grabbing. Well, what do you suggest then? A Trojan horse, but filled with... Pizza! You guys order pizza? Did anyone order a pizza? Never gaze a gift, Pegasus, in the mouth, Tim. Let them in. Come on in. Well, you invited us in, and we've passed the threshold. Better hope we're not vampires, right? Well, are you? What? Vampires? Of course... They're not. Curious, what makes you so sure? If we ask you, and you were, you'd have to tell us so. I'm pretty sure that's bogus. Uh, we're not narcs either, just to get that out of the way. What's on the pizza? And what's with that guy in the face paint? Ah, you're referring to my grieving mask, no doubt. Allow me to explain. In the year 2013... Uh, he's, he's a devoted gamer. Uh, the most dedicated I've ever met. I'm training him tonight for, uh, pizza delivery, but, but his true calling is in role-playing games. Yes, yes, a devoted player. Got all my badges years ago. Court player, huh? That's hardcore. So, looks like you have a game going, huh? This campaign has lasted nigh on 12 weeks. So you're the dungeon master, I take it? Game master, actually. And yes, I curate this excursion of the mind. What's with all the books? My rule books, you mean? I've collected all the printed material available. Every one. No supplemental rule system escapes these confines. I see. Looks like your table has caught a nasty infestation of dice, too. I thought you only needed a 20-sided these days. Must be like 60 dice here. Uh, hey, how, how about a proposition? Uh, you let my companion and I jump in for a few jaunts around Greyhawk with you, and the round, cheese-covered food stuff is free. Uh, what say you, uh, uh, noble adventurers? Free's good. Before you lie the dense swamplands of Dunwater, as you gaze into the bog, you notice a small group of troglodytes on a hunt, heavily armed. Yes, excellent. I begin casting my spell whoa, whoa. of... What? Uh, I don't think it's your turn. And even if it were, you need to roll for initiative. Ah, of course. Well then, uh, when is my turn? Now. Well, then I choose to fire some sort of overly effective arcane ray at this clear and present danger. Is your character even capable of magic? Penny, I mean, Talia, he did say he's a 12th level magic user. I'm sure he has proficiency in Shut this. up, Tim. Well, what focus is he then? If he's just a magic user. Whoa, hey, just a magic user? Isn't that enough? What are you then? I am Talia, the strong of the Borderlands. I am a 16th level fighter acrobat assassin. And I'm Kaldor, the barbarian priest paladin. Huh? What's wrong with just being a damn paladin? Isn't that enough to concentrate on? What about you? Well, actually, I'm Greywen. I'm an elven thief magic user Fletcher, with a secondary discipline of weaponsmithing and gem making. Jesus. Michael, we frolic in the realms of our hosts. Let's not be rude and just play by house rules, yes? Yes. Let's not be rude. What was your character's name again? I am Pardu the Cleric. That's it. Just a damn cleric. I'll heal the shit out of this group, though. That's for damn sure. Michael, please. So, my turn then? I suppose. 
What spell were you attempting again? Ah, Bigby's crushing hand. What? It's a group of troglodytes. That only affects a single creature. Penny, Talia, let him use it. Maybe it will scare the rest off. Why are you always undermining me? Undermining? Penny, I'd never do anything like that. Fine. Old school spell for the hippie magic user it is. Roll. Hippie? How old are you? Old enough to know my prismatic spray from my Mordenkaden's faithful hound. Roll, please. Well, how did I do? A pathetic spray of sparks and sulfur emanate from your hand. The spell fails. Blast! Told you. Waste of time. Looks like it's the cleric's turn. What say you, Pardieu? Hold on. Ooh. What? Well, it looks like you all failed your saving throws versus being a bunch of assholes. Look, I'm sorry, okay? I just lost my cool. I'm afraid there was no cool to be had in that room, Michael. Quite a nut to crack, they. See what I mean, though? No group aesthetic, no adventure, just a bunch of cross-referencing and research in between moments of alienation. Drives me nuts. Clearly. And now it looks like we're stuck with their dumb avatars playing out their herky-jerky boar fest forever. I actually find it soothing. It comforts me in a way, knowing that in the face of certain obliteration, there are some in the multiverse that stare the reality of extinction in the face and say, I'm just going to pretend in my own little microcosm. Thank you very much. Never pegged you for a silver lining guy, Doc. Plus, we didn't even get the chance to tell them about the avatars invading our space. Or any of the Hadron mess, for that matter. There, there, Michael. I've got the perfect antidote for those nuclear winter doldrums. Come on. No, no, doctor's orders. You are hereby relegated to several soothing tales from the Hadron Rift. Ashley. Playing. Let's hope for double zeros on this one, right, Mike? That was a dice-tastic one, Ashley. And now, please welcome to our stage the funny man with the power to read your thoughts. Folks, a warm comedy can welcome for Mr. Eddie Vine, the telepathic comedian. Hey, good evening, folks. Now, I know what you're thinking. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have a reservation for two, please. Should be under Edward Mind. Of course, sir. Edward Mind. Not Eddie Mind. The famous comedian. The telepath? Well, can you read my mind? Well, yes. Yes, actually, I, I can. Jesus, you are good. Follow me, Mr. Mind, and I'll show you to our very best seats. Mr. Mind, just so you know, I've been on the force for 27 years, and I've seen my share of sickos. There's very little left in this world that scares me, Mr. Mind, and I don't mind telling you, man to man, that I haven't slept in weeks. We don't normally seek the aid of psychic contractors, but we've really got to find this missing kid. And needless to say, time is not on our side. Any of these guys will tell you, I'm not a praying man. But I cried like a baby just this morning when I found out you were going to be involved with this case. From everything I've heard about you, Mr. Mind, you may be our last hope. So what's our next move? Um... Good evening, ladies. Thanks for joining us. We have such an elegant showcase for you tonight. It is the one you've been waiting for. 
our favorite designer, Derek, is here, back with his Jackie O Titanic-inspired thick pants. That's right, ladies. Your low self-esteem is my fashion priority. Isn't he wonderful? Yes. Look at these pants, ladies. I mean, come on. I know you all hate yourselves. And these thick, ridiculous pants are just what you need. Derek, tell us about these pants. Well, they are indeed very thick. They will hide all of your horrible physical flaws. I also designed them to pair with the Jesus and Kittens cowl neck sweater for my last collection. That is just what these freaks need. Let's hear from one of you sad fatties who bought these gross thick pants. Ew, gross. Hello? Who's this? How fat are you? You must be so disgusting and lonely. Hello? This is Linda, and yes, I am so fat and lonely. I just want to thank you for taking advantage of all of us sad shut-ins. I remember the unhealthy comfort I felt when I first purchased Derek's Put the Christ Back in Christmas embroidered slipper socks. I'm ashamed of you, and I don't even know you. I'm glad you bought my socks, though. How much do you weigh, Linda? Are you a hoarder? How many cats do you have? I just want to talk. You're so nice, Tammy, and I've been so sad for so long. I just need to talk to someone. Please. No way. As if. Let's hear from someone who bought the thick pants with the Jackie O-style pearls draped over the screen print of thy Titanic to hide your Titanic behind. Girl, you kill me. Hello? Thanks for calling, disgusting person. Hi, Mom. It's me, Tiffany. Whoa. Who? What, what? I can't hear you. Uh, bad connection. You can hear me just fine. This is the only way I can get a hold of you. I need you to know that Sarah and I are getting married. Girl, that's crazy. Um, um, Sarah? What an odd name for a man! You know that Sarah is not a man. You can't do this to me, Tiffany. I've worked too hard to make a name for myself. You mean you have worked too hard being mean to people? You're mean! Well, you are a horrible person, Tammy. Tiffany, tell everyone that Sarah is a man, please! Goodbye, Mother. Hello? Tiffany? Well, well. Drama! Um, sorry about that, everyone. Don't you just hate prank phone calls? I have no idea who that was. So weird, right? Well, Derek, tell us about um, the shutout for shut-ins line. Well, it's just a series of t-shirts that indicates that the person wearing it thinks that they're a pathetic piece of crap, which is why I'm so rich. My money stinks of the smell of shame, and I relish the opportunity to point that out. Am I right, ladies? Oh, look, uh, we've got another caller. Go ahead, caller. Tammy, this is Sarah, your daughter's lover and fiancé. Hello, caller. You don't sound like a man at all. Let me ask, uh, how many of these fine products have you brought tonight? I wouldn't be caught dead in a single one. I'm just calling to ask one last time for your daughter's hand in marriage. Not that it'll sway your decision either way. Oh, I love the fact that my daughter is going to marry a handsome, masculine man of Girl, good breeding. Girl, if you think for one minute Am that right, caller is a man, I will chew my foot off right here on television. I swear to God. And I just got a pedicure which costs more than your nasty, cheap, frosted wig you're wearing right now. Oh, Derek, you are so funny. So much more funny than the time your family disowned you because you're an abomination of God. Your wig is an abomination of God. And you're nasty. Are you people kidding me? Yes, Tammy's wig is an affront to all that is good. But love between two people is not so easily defined. This superficial idiot fest has really gone on too long. Someone should so, sh- Someone really needs to screen these calls. Prank after prank. Why did someone screen those shoes before you left the house? Oh, Derek. Come on, hurry up, men. Let's get that underpainting done. Recon report, Primus. Well, sucks. The permit is pretty tight. Couldn't get very close. Okay, okay, so what you got for me? No, 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 don't get bogged down in Cherescuro. There's no time. So? Well, from what we can tell, they're, they're doing a series of soup cans, sir. They're screen printing? Sons of bitches. Okay, man, change your plans. We're switching to action painting. They want modern, we'll give them modern. But sir, th- there's no house paint. And I got the smile so close. Okay, okay, God damn it. Why'd they have to go pop? 
All right, keep it on it then, but hurry! Do we have enough canvas to lay down some backup? Maybe a yard or two, but it's not stretched, sir! Damn! Michael, we need to... Did you know that at 11th level, a player character gains one Paragon Path and counterattack power and one additional feat? Well, no, but... What the hell does that even mean? More modifiers to take into account when you're just trying to fire a damn bow? See, this is what I'm talking about. Seems like a decent reward system to me, Michael. In any proprietary competitive exercise involving humans, you need to have the illusion of progress with attainable short-term and long-term customizable benefits. But truth be told, my interest triggered at the word Paragon, but enough of that for now. We need to get these avatars away from the bunker. Agreed. But why the sudden urgency? Their presence here is affecting the lab in ways that are both unexpected and troublesome. What? What do you mean? As you walk of your own volition into the banquet hall of the Hill Giant King, you notice a fully stocked table filled with every conceivable type of mouth-watering prepared food. Ah. Okay. I use my fully functioning and unrestrained legs plus five to walk over to the table. Roll. Oh, ah. Uh, hey, Doc? Would you mind going into the break room and helping me out one more time? Fine. Last one. Okay, great! Now grab the two ten-sided ones and put them in my hand coming out of the wall. Okay, great. Thanks, Doc. Rolling. Hey, Doc. Could you tell me what the dice say? Four and seven. Forty-seven. Forty-seven, Ashley. You successfully approached the table. All right. Congrats, Cyrus. Thanks. Okay. Are there any turkey legs on the table? As a matter of fact, there are numerous disgusting meat-based products on the table. The turkey legs are closest to your character. It appears to be fully cooked and ready to be consumed. Oh boy! I'm now going to use my fully attached and free-to-move right hand to grab a turkey leg. Roll. Absolutely not. What are you talking about? Now this I could watch all day. You see now, Michael? This cancerous cacophony must be squelched! And wait until I show you what Ashley and I have discovered. Uh, Ashley, uh, permission to have an out-of-game conversation? Of course, Doctor. Ashley, establish a direct avatar link. Processing. We were able to retrofit the Rift Eye Actuator based on the new data we managed to gather on the avatars. This allows us to speak directly to them in real time. What? How is that possible? I thought they were just psychic projections of the player characters, just made-up alter egos. Well, it would seem that they have attained a level of self-awareness, possibly due to- I have Greywin, the Elven Thief magic user Fletcher, on the line, Doctor. Ah, wonderful. I'll just let him explain, Michael. Greetings, Greywin. Greetings, Doctor. Have you any news for us? Not quite, but I assure you we are working towards a solution to your predicament. This is Mike Wilkinson. He's here to help as well. Why don't you explain why you're here to him? Some time ago, during one of our many adventures, my companions and I started to float away. Slowly at first, but it was as though an invisible tether each of us possessed was cut. Soon we were bombarded with memories of a life we had never lived. A life of strange horseless carts, blind ships, and magical lights. Still compelled to venture forth in our quest, we complied. A seemingly never-ending search for treasure chanted gear and mystical tones. We soon came to realize, in the quiet moments between actions, that the memories we experienced were those of our creators. The connection to them we felt, and dearly missed, now severed. Orphans. Yes. Ghost ego orphans. Horrible. Doc, we need to do something. Thank you for sharing your tale of woe, Greywin. Michael and I will endeavor to somehow get you the hell off this... 
That is, ease your suffering. Greywin, do you... Do you remember anything about your creator that might help us? Hmm. He was quite the reserved fellow. I do recall an unrequited longing for the one called Penny. Interesting. Sure is. Thank you, Greywin. Ashley, can you contact Talia now? Processing. Completed. You now have Talia the Strong on the line. Talia, what do you know of your creator, the one called Penny? Can you tell us anything? Only that she's aching for the embrace of the one called Tim. And that's a wrap. Thank you, Talia. We'll talk soon. Interesting information for sure, Michael. But I fear not enough to get us back in the door, past that troll that is Wingard the Game Master. Leave that to me. Oh, it's you again. Hey, Wingard! It's those adults that like to deliver pizza and insult adolescent strangers playing games. Pizza or not, ingress shan't be allowed. Please, Edward, Kaldor, uh, hear us out. Michael has something to say, don't you, Michael? Yeah, yeah. Again, not interested. The police might be, though. Well, then I suppose we'll just be taking our peace offering back to the vault. Peace offering? Michael, care to unveil? Whoa! Do... do my eyes deceive me? Methinks not, young anti-socialite. That's, uh... Original 1975 Woodgrain First Edition Dungeons & Dragons box set. Signed by none other than... Sean Connery? Sean Connery. Why did Sean Connery sign a D&D box set? Uh, we don't quite know for sure. Wasn't he in the movie Excalibur? No. Ah, well then, now I have even less information. Thanks for letting us back in, guys. I was a real jerk before, and I wanted to take this opportunity to apologize. Sincerely. Seriously. Seriously. We're also here to share a couple of quick bits of information. Uh, one of those bits, there's pretty much 0.0 chance of your believing, so let's start with you, Doc. As a boy, I was a fringe dweller, not unlike yourselves. It was a different time. Pre-internet, pre-social media... Saturday night held no more significance to me than early Tuesday morning. Just another opportunity to spend my time whiling away at early experiments or quantum studies. Although not without its occasional moments of quiet joy, there was never anyone to share it with. Perhaps the opportunities were there, but as is the lot of those wary of venturing out of their own minds, I remained blind to them. Then, one afternoon, I discovered an index card on the bulletin board at university— an open invite for a tabletop role-playing group. I was so intrigued by the idea of a theater-of-the-mind-only game that I skipped right past the actual gameplay portion and started to develop a role-playing system of my own design, a game called Parallel Pioneers. It was a generic system that allowed for any number of possible fantasy environs, any time period, any dimension. I suffered over the portability of the mechanics an entire summer, back when summers were an eternity. Finally, it was done. As judge and jury in my own little microcosm, it was perfect. A week later, as I was reaching out to publishers with a densely aggressive letter-writing campaign, I saw an advert in a recent Dragon magazine for Steve Jackson's GURPS. GURPS? GURPS as in... Generic Universal Role-Playing System. No way! Way. Not a month after completing my masterpiece, the inventor of Car Wars invades the game world with what is functionally the exact same concept— in my juvenile hubris, I burned every page I had of Parallel Pioneers, never once playing the game. That sucks. So you see, having the opportunity to actually play a role-playing game here with you all was an unexpected joy. A joy cut short a bit too quickly by some choice words from my friend here. Okay, let's focus on the positive here. 
I was a jerk, yes. But do you really hear what the doc is saying? This is a unique opportunity to imagine worlds together, as a team, as friends. Down here, down here it's your time, your backyard. And it is real, moments of real discovery, real humor, real drama. The only way it flourishes is with mutual respect and trust, because the only way to tap in is to let go. This is your chance to watch your friends be heroes and to become one yourself in their eyes. Mm. This is your chance to watch your friends be heroes and to become one yourself in their eyes. Whoa, that's deep. Nothing wrong with deep, my friends. Uh, Talia? Penny? Yeah? Would you want to go out with me next Friday? Yes. Jesus, it's about time. No roll needed on that one, pal. What the? What's going on? Why are there ghosts coming out of the walls? No need to fret. Those are avatars, psychic manifestations of your characters. That was the other thing we were going to tell you about that you probably wouldn't believe. You can see now why we wouldn't lead off with this. What do they want? Dear, dear Penny of suburbia, they are finally home with their creators. They merely want to continue the adventure. Isn't that what we all desire? Doc, look. They, they've merged. Just like at the end of the Dark Crystal. Oh, I wouldn't know, Michael. I could never make it that far. Far too much screeching. Are you guys okay? Actually, it feels pretty damn good. It's like finding an old blanket you had as a kid. And it's warm. Or the smells of an old house by the lake I used to spend my summers at. So... I don't get one. Ah, Wingard, I feel your pain. Always the game master and never the human psychic manifestation amalgam. The Sean Connery signature should suffice. Well, Michael, methinks our job is done here. Sounds good to me. Looks like we made it out of here without you even mentioning the Hadron event. What's the Hadron event? Oh, well, you see, several years okay, ago... Okay, uh, farewell, adventurers. Good to meet you, and glad we could help. Farewell! farewell. I know a lot of this seems to work on a metaphorical level, but you may want to explore some of those very real psychic powers you're exhibiting. Normal people can't do that, you know. Peace and quiet at last. No rule books, no dice, just the noise of the rift and the constant din of humming supercomputers. Heaven. Ah, uh, thanks, Mike. Yes, indeed. By the way, excellent strategy with the original D&D set. Hey, when I found out that there was a gaming convention world in the Rift, I was all over it. And now that I know you're a fan too, we should get a game going one of these days, Doc. Shh, Michael, not so- Hey, fellas? Yes, Iris? If you want to play now, I'll just need one of you to get the dice from under the fridge and put them in my wall hand, and we're like good to go. <sighs> the misadventures continue. Hadron Gospel Hour is written and produced by Richard Wentworth and Michael McQuilkin, with additional material from Lisa McQuilkin. Production assistance from Katie Falvey and Rebecca White. Special thanks to Kevin Harrington, Rebecca Courtney, Tim Conway, Chris Pokestees, Rashmi Dialu, Bob Wilson, Chris Borger, Jen Sullivan, Sean O'Connor, Tim Gleason, Jeff Taylor, and Eric and Don Schultz. Listen to episodes anytime at HadronGospelHour.com or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, DoubleTwist, and wherever fine podcasts are available. We'll see you in two weeks for the special holiday episode of Hadron Gospel Hour.